Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Paper columnist with an awkward, unsophisticated everyman. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch and the Rube. Welcome in to Couch and the Rube. I'm Graham Couch from the Lansing State Journal here alongside Jason Nick. Set to begin a Thursday of Couch in the Rube, one of my favorite days of our week. Maybe my favorite day so far, although we've only had one week. So I'm saying, you said this before the show, this is my favorite show of the week. It is. It is. It's, I'm, it's, I'm with you. It's our gambling show. It's, I love yes. It. It's our pick show. We bring in Johnny Oddshark. We go through the weekend. Uh, we look at how we did last weekend, all that stuff. Um, and, and it's fun. It, it's right in our wheelhouse, but it's also, I, I think it's fun to get into some of these games and... Um, how we'd advise you and, and, and how we want and, and I don't know. I, I just this is this is it. And if you like uh sort of the Vegas side of sports, I hope you enjoy this show. Yeah, and take our picks, you know, with a grain of salt. I would take Johnny Oddshark's picks, you know, John Campbell's picks more seriously. Yeah, and, and so he went six five and one last week. Not bad. But his lock of the week is what gives me so much faith in him. No, you're like fanboying out on him. Ah, oh, I mean that the, pick. The, the East Carolina, North Carolina pick last week. I mean, I you texted me from Arizona. You're I like, was, this guy's good. I was excited. <laughs> I was but, like, Graham must have won some money on that one. I, I, I didn't. I didn't even play it. Oh. I mean, but it's one of those things that you're like, you're watching to see how you know somebody called it their lock of the week. I mean, my lock of the week was like Broncos, Seattle, and you know it. The push, you know, I mean, that, my, I was Rams, uh, Raiders Monday night. Well, you you hit yours. I did. I did pretty good on uh, the, my NFL picks, but college, yeah. oof. No, you're, you're watching the, you're watch the week, lock of the week is actually Washington State. Oh, for you, college, sure. You're, you're I gut, do one for college, do one for pros. Your gut feeling of the week was the Rams. And by the way, <laughs> Washington State didn't cover by one point against San Jose State. Ridiculous. That's why gambling sucks sometimes. That doesn't do the child who can't eat because daddy lost all the money any good <laughs> at one point. Hey, listen, I could just need an excuse for just a little bit here. Give me a five-minute excuse. There are there are meetings all over this world full of people who just needed one more point or something to go the <laughs> other way. Yeah. Um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered, to be honest. We're going over Saturday. You ever see the show Men of a Certain Age with Ray Romano? Oh, God, no. You would have enjoyed this. because So there are three characters, all of which I related to in very different ways. Is that show still on the air? No, it's only oh. on for a couple seasons. It was a great show, highly acclaimed on TNT. But Ray Romano plays 
They're all like 48 years old when the show started. It's Ray Romano, Scott Bakula, and Andre Brower. So it's a great cast. And they're, there's these close friends, and they have different... Anyway, the, the, the Ray Romano character uh, is a, you know, has a gambling addiction, is sort of recovering, owns a store. But there's a scene where he's in a... He puts like 25 grand on a Knicks game, and he goes to a Gamblers Anonymous meeting, and he leaves the meeting... Because he just can't take, because at one point he thinks he's going to lose the game. The Knicks come back, end up winning and covering. And, re- and as the meeting's letting out, you see all these people coming out of a Gamblers Anonymous meeting. And there's Ray Romano in his truck, just hands up, cheering like crazy. <laughs> yes. And I know, um, there's two sides of it. Believe but, me, I've been on both sides. But the other side of it is this. He buy, so he wins the 25 grand, he puts a down payment on a condo. So he has a separate new place for it when his kids visit. He's already lost his marriage to this. And he's got this girlfriend who's awesome, pretty new. And they're lying in bed, laying in bed together. And she asks about the place. And he said, well, and he tells her he placed a bet. And she just looks at him. And she never picked up his calls again. So it's a little lesson. Yeah, you never, yeah. <laughs> you don't really you win sometimes. You never tell the you're with, you know. What, like what, what you get because when you win it's great it's kind of like if you know with your significant other right if you tell them about it and they go oh, okay but if you lose it's like what are you doing yeah you you're know, risking you're risking like if somebody's serious about you you'd be risking i mean 25 grand on a game i mean that's a lot of money Ugh. well if you have actual ray romano money it's not bad yeah he didn't the character didn't have ray I mean. romano money yeah, yeah the, the ray romano money it's like okay big deal his bookie in the show, and everybody should watch the show. I mean, I wish it still was on the air. But his bookie in the show is just this great character. And he's sitting around this motel pool at one point, And he and Ray have kind of become friends. And he says, Ray, you know what? 100 years. All new people. Just these random thoughts like that. I just loved him for that. Like, you start thinking, yeah, you're right. In 100 years, it's just all new people. Anyway, that's well, yeah, I, my I, recommendation for the week. If you get a chance to Netflix was it on Netflix? I'm sure you can find it out there. It's pretty recent, and it was really highly acclaimed. It only went like three seasons. Part of its problem was it was one of those shows as we started transitioning to this, like where it would it would air six episodes and then be off for nine months and come back. You, you never really could plan for it. Um, and it was on uh, cable, right? That's it has another like TNT or something, especially yeah. now with Netflix on it. Maybe if it were on, if it were on Netflix, I think the show would actually do really well now. It was it was sort of in that transition point to. We're starting to do this more. We're starting to see, uh, you know, more of these shows that sort of only do six new episodes and disappear for a while and come back. And people are consuming television differently. You know, they're waiting for Netflix, not watching it. Lot. You know, it, it it was ahead of its time. Let me just say that. Anyway, that's my recommendation for the day. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what you have on these picks. This is one of the best weekends in college football. I know Michigan State's not playing, which takes a little out of it. But you if Michigan. So? Best weekend so far out of three weeks? Oh, yeah. I was looking at the spreads, and I was kind of – I think I'm staying away. I think I'm going heavy NFL this week. Well, it's a hard weekend maybe gambling-wise, but it's a great weekend watching college football-wise. I mean, there's some good games. I mean, Ohio State, L- uh, TCU, yep. LSU-Auburn. I mean, these are week three great games or and interesting games. And so when your team isn't playing, what you want – is a good slate, um, and, and and you have it. And I also like sometimes when the Lions play the four o'clock game like they do this week because it opens up the one o'clock. 
I know you like the one o'clock. You like to have them set and go. And yeah, I like to just get it over with. Go about my day. No, yeah, I like the four o'clock game. It's just the Monday night. You know, this week it was just you know on when you wake up on football Sunday and you're like, oh, you're hyped up and ready to go. So no, if I can wait till four o'clock, it's just the Monday night games. You know what I used to hate is the four, and this is this is a, this still bothers me from being a kid. The the four o'clock game in the NFL starts to come to a close, and there's like uh, teases for Murder She Wrote in sixty minutes or whatever's on at the time, and it means school is coming the next day. I, I hated like the early second half of the four o'clock game, the first tease for sixty minutes. Uh, I used to uh, hate sixty minutes. Man. I love sixty minutes now as an adult, but yeah, you're right. That would just be like because that meant your weekend was almost over. I'm like, no, do not tease the Sunday night shows. Do not that, that we're not there yet. It's just like the first back to school sale that comes out in like June, and you're like, no, 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 not doing it. I'm boycotting any store that comes out with any anything before August. I guess now with the year round school, they kind of got to do that stuff. But anyway. We're going to take our first break real quick because we want to get into this. We're going to be right back. We're going to go through our picks. And then at 1030, we'll have Johnny Oddshark on and and, and go through them again with him and and have that conversation, which is always awesome. So you're listening to Couch of the Rube on the Spotlight Radio Network. These are dynamic times in Greater Lansing. Lots of great growth and change and opportunity all around. The Eyed Company is here and wants to help. Whatever your real estate needs are, be they commercial, retail, residential, or land. The Ides are a family company with a care and understanding of a small business, but the reach of a big one. Visit us at IdeCompany.com or call 517-351-2480. The Ide Company. Come grow with us. Would you or someone you know love to make a difference in the lives of kids and get paid for it? Dean Transportation is now hiring responsible and caring school bus drivers. You'll earn a competitive benefits package, 401k, paid time off, and we offer flexible scheduling. Excellent driving history required. Paid CDL training provided. Apply now at deantransportation.com slash jobs. That's deantransportation.com slash jobs. Make a difference in the lives of our kids and get paid to do it. Tom Crawford here for Cartridge World, your destination for quality ink and toner products and brand name printers backed by local service and expert advice. And what great local experts I have when I visit the Okemos Cartridge World outlet and its super customer-friendly franchise owners, Lena and Brian Talon, when I need to replenish the ink for my aging Lexmark printer. Two convenient locations for Cartridge World, 6123 West Saginaw Highway in Lansing, along with the Okemos store, 1715 West Grand River Avenue. It's Cartridge World, America's first choice for value-driven consumers. Hi, Tom Crawford here telling you if you eat better, you feel better, which is why you need to experience the real food and fresh fruit of the Tropical Smoothie Cafe in East Lansing. What a great selection from toasted wraps, sandwiches, flatbreads, and gourmet salads, let alone the renowned fresh fruit smoothie. Two convenient locations, 1201 East Grand River, across from the MSU campus, 1595 West Lake Lansing Road, just east of 127. It's the Tropical Smoothie Cafe, your healthy, guilt-free cafe and catering destination. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. Week two of the NFL season kicks off tonight as the Baltimore Ravens visit the Bengals in Cincinnati. The AFC North foes both 1-0 following week one wins. Meanwhile, in Green Bay, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is hoping he'll be able to start Sunday against the Vikings. He suffered what he's calling a sprained knee in Sunday's dramatic comeback win over Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I want to play, obviously, but... uh... 
You're just taking it one day at a time, see how it feels uh, tomorrow. And- Rodgers did not practice yesterday. In the NBA, Thunder All-Star guard Russell Westbrook is recovering from surgery on his right knee. His status for the regular season opener against the Warriors next month remains unclear. The Seattle Storm are this year's WNBA champions. They tapped the Mystics 98-82 in Game 3 in Washington to sweep the finals. And for the first time since 1946, the Red Sox, a 100-win team in the regular season, they tapped the Blue Jays 1-0 at Fenway last night. That's sports. Jake Orwin, NBC News Radio. This is a special report from NBC News Radio. Hurricane Florence, I'm Lisa Carter. Forecasters say the storm surge from Hurricane Florence could be the deadliest part of the storm. Weather experts are warning of a surge as high as 13 feet from Cape Fear to Cape Lookout, North Carolina, when Florence comes on shore late tonight or early Friday. Carolina Beach, North Carolina resident Kate Ballman says the threat of catastrophic storm surge led her to change her mind about riding the storm out. We were going to stay. And then yesterday I said, I said yeah, no, I, I, it's just getting too dangerous. The latest information from the National Hurricane Center shows Florence at a Category 2 with maximum sustained winds of 110 miles per hour. And Florence is a long way from the bayou, but America's Cajun Navy is on the job. The rescue group consists of numerous volunteers with their own boats who rose to national attention over the past couple of years during massive floods in Louisiana and Texas. Lisa Carter, NBC News Radio. You got to We're back here on Couch in the Rube. Graham Couch alongside Jason Nick. I thought this was a fitting song to come back to. Ah, it's perfect. It's a great song. For uh, Thursday. Great song, too. Um, I don't know if it's a great song. It's a great song. I like Kenny Ro- You celebrate Kenny Rogers' catalog? His whole catalog? I wouldn't say that. I, I'm not up at like 3 a.m. watching the country from the 1970s infomercials. <laughs> but I, I do like country music. Yeah. I drove a truck summer before my junior year of college and, uh, you know, didn't have a CD player or anything. And every town you're in, Everywhere you're at, oh boy, country music channel. So I got into some of it. I was, uh, you know, should have been a cowboy. Toby Keith, one of the great songs of all time. <laughs> See, a lot of people wouldn't think uh, that you would listen to country music. So I don't listen to a lot of it anymore. I don't, and, and there's a certain era when I really the like new it. stuff is terrible. Yeah. I don't, so it, it, you know, there, there are certain things I like, and there are certain old, you know, things I hated as a kid. How many long car rides with my with my folks? My dad's got Patsy Cline on, and I'm just. In the back seat, thinking, ah, let me kill myself. <laughs> and now I like Patsy Cline. She's really good. You, you start to realize, you know, I don't know. It, it happens to everybody, probably. All right, let's get to our picks here. Do it. So we're we this week we went heavier college than NFL. We usually do twelve games, and usually it's going to be like six and six. But I think the college slate is more compelling. That may be a mistake, um, but we're going to go eight college. I think I got eight college. We have nine college. I don't know. I have a lot of college here. Uh, eight, eight college and four pro. You have nine. Do I really? Yeah. One, two. It's all right. Well, we're going to go 13 games. We're going to start out with Miami at Toledo. Yeah, kind of an odd line here. Miami giving uh, giving 10 at Toledo. I mean, Miami hasn't really looked that good so far this season. I don't know. You're the Mac guy. That What do you think about Toledo? I like Toledo this year. We don't know a lot about them. They've only played once, right? And they pounded VMI. They're picked to be near the top of the MAC. They always are. Glass Bowl is a tough place to play. But you never know. Sometimes that Toledo defense is really bad. And Miami is 
lost to LSU convincingly. Pound Savannah State. We don't really know 100% what they are yet, how interested you're going to be. They go into the Glass Bowl, which is a fun place to watch a game. The, the press box looks like it's going to tip the stadium over. Um, interesting story. The, the, the press box, which is almost bigger than the actual stadium, is the reason it's so big is when in Ohio you can't use public funds to build a press box unless it's part of the school. So they built classrooms in it. So it's just like massive thing just tipping over the stadium. Anyway, I'm going I'm going to go Toledo here because I really don't love Miami. It's a home game they're going to be fired up for, but I don't feel great about it. Uh, I'm with you. I'm taking Toledo, uh, taking the points. I just think Miami traveling to Toledo, I just think a lot of guys are just going to be like, oh, what are we doing here? I think maybe – do not you think Toledo wins the game outright? Is there a money line possibility or just covers the spread? I think Miami could just rolls in and wins by four, something like that. You know, I, I definitely think there's a money line possibility. I, I think there's a almost a better money line possibility than spread possibility, if that makes sense. Like, wow. there, there's part of me that thinks that Miami could win this game by twenty or lose it, if that makes. I mean, sure, you know, that's just sort of where my head is on it. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's an interesting game. Anytime you get a power school going into a MAC school, you know, we we see we've seen Michigan State do it. Um, you know, but Michigan State had the advantage of just going to Kalamazoo where or Central Michigan where your fan base is going to be there and travel. Miami doesn't have any fans anyway outside of Michael Irvin. And yeah, now sure you're in Toledo. Not a, you They're know, not going to Toledo. Are they going to travel well? No. <laughs> is there any fans, Miami Hurricane fans in Toledo, in Ohio at all? It's probably like one guy. There yeah. must be a recruiter. I don't know how that game happened. That's really interesting. It's not a game. It's not a game. Um, and it tells you something about Miami that they have to take those games. Next game, Oklahoma minus 17.5 at Iowa State. Yeah. This game is fascinating to me because Oklahoma for three quarters looked really good. Um, I know they didn't quite cover the let out a late touchdown that, that, that cost you against UCLA. Is this because Rodney Anderson's out? Is that why the spread's kind of low? I mean, it opened at 19 and now it's 17 and a half. Iowa State, I watched the Iowa State-Iowa game, and Iowa State's a little tough to figure out here. But they got two things. What they got a quarterback injury right now. Uh, Kyle Kemp, if he's wearing a brace, might be healthy. They're supposed to know by yesterday, I guess. But the it says latest, here that he's out. says he's out? Yeah. See, I read something that said they were still looking at him. Well, I'm on VegasInsider.com, and it's uh, Al Kemp is out. Well, he's out. I'm going Oklahoma. Because Iowa State is had some – I mean, when he was in there and early on, they've got a really nice running back who is versatile. You can use in the passing game. I mean, he, he's an NFL guy. And they look better than Iowa, but they wore down. And what that tells me, if they wore down against Iowa, and I know they're going to be at home, and that's a team that has beaten some really great teams at home. But they also beat Oklahoma at home, I believe, last year, or on the road. That was the big upset last year. Right. And so, it to me, Oklahoma's not overlooking this. I'm going Oklahoma. I'm, I'm, actually, with, I'm with you. It's one of those games that uh, it's a stay away from me. But if we're as we're doing our picks, I would take Oklahoma. Maybe I'd be I can be convinced by Saturday. But the line opened at seven or nineteen and dropped at seventeen and a half. Kyle Kemp out, Ronnie Anderson out. I just would stay away. But I would take Oklahoma, given the seventeen and a half. I didn't know Anderson was out. That's interesting. Yep, Ronnie Anderson. He I think he tore his ACL. Oh, he's out for the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Vandy. Plus 13 and a half in Notre Dame, playing for their resigning athletic director. No, I'm kidding. Kids don't care about that stuff. But 
Vandy is sort of an interesting team. I, I don't know what they are yet. And some years they're really competitive. And I don't know what Notre Dame 100% is right now after watching them play Ball State last week. It, it's. <laughs> I think I would take Notre Dame in this. Under two touchdowns at home. Given that Notre Dame didn't play well last week. Now I have this at 14. All the sports books have it at 14 currently. Okay. So, I got it at 13 and a half last night. Okay. But if I'm getting 14, I mean, I know, understand Vanderbilt played uh, two teams like Nevada and Middle Tennessee. They played them well. But they, right. And you play those teams, you score 35 points and 41 points, respectively. Getting 14 points at Notre Dame, like you said, you don't really know what Notre Dame is. I like Vanderbilt getting 14. And thir- whatever you can get it at, 13 and a half or 14. I like it both. All right. So you're going Vandy. Going I- Vandy. So you, do you actually like that game? Like play actually, like that game? Yeah. I actually like that game at 14. It's definitely a play. The one I've talked myself into now is is Oklahoma on the road. I don't know. It's, I see that as a stay away game, Graham. I mean, it, it doesn't. I don't see that. It isn't a lock, right? This, this you don't why, think, this you don't why view I went 5-6-1 and one last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I went over for Saturday. So. Um, not, actually, not if you had played the games that we did here, you would have had a better weekend. I know. Um, I should start doing that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's um, All right. The, here we go local. SMU plus 35 and a half. At Michigan. Now, I watched SMU last week because I'm sick like that. Well, they were playing TCU. Right. Don't act like you were watching North Texas SMU. Right. And they were in that game for a minute, and I turned around, (laughs) and they weren't in the game. And I don't know what happened. It was a struggle for the first half for TCU, and I'm not sure if that was TCU finding its footing or SMU's got some guys and then things fell apart. And and why that's important is – you may be a team that can't finish. You may have some serious flaws. But when you get up to a line at like 35 and a half, if you've got guys, if you've got some guys that can keep you competitive for a while, that line is hard to cover. 35 and a half is a big, big number. 35 and a half is heavy. And by the way, I mean, SMU's terrible. But also, I mean, TCU beat them 42-12. TCU, they, gave up, yeah. they gave up 46 points to North Texas. So it honestly, it's a stay away game for me. No way, not touching it. But if I had to pick, I guess I would have to take SMU in the 35 and a half and just pray if you had to. Because, like you said, it's a lot of points. I've bet a lot of you know big spreads so far in, in the couple weeks, and I hate doing that. It's kind of like betting the under, to be honest, on a game. Well, it, Because there's just so much. How the game plays out determines a lot of what you cover. And somewhere, like what TCU did last week is almost better sometimes where you struggle early and then you're playing hard all the way through. If you get way ahead and then their backups or your backups give up two scores late and you don't you know, there are lots of there are lots of reasons that's well and it also depends on the coach. I mean you have to find out whether the coaches like each other or their former colleagues and all that stuff. Because coaches don't like to blow each other. They can tell when you know, to let the brakes, you know, pump the brakes on it a little bit, right? And also they have to have, you know, the second, you know, quarterback, the backup quarterback has to be decent for you to cover thirty five and a half. It's a lot it's a more points than you think. It just doesn't take many points by the losing offense to cover that. That's what makes it. Because even if Michigan racks up, you know, 47 points, they got to be really good defensively. I'm actually going to go Michigan here. And I'm going to do this because I still think Michigan is trying to make a point and solve things. And um, I don't like it, but I'm going to go Michigan. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't touch it at all. No. Stay away. Just watch it. I mean, like against Western, I mean, I think they were a 31-point uh, favorite. 
and they covered that at pretty much halftime. So you have those games where it's covered at halftime and you're feeling confident, but it can just take, you know, like I said, the backup quarterback, the third-string quarterback throws a pick, and it's just too many, too many points. The next game is one of the most interesting games of the weekend, I think the one I'm rooting the hardest for any team this weekend. It's Boise State at Oklahoma State. And Boise State went on the road and beat Troy in the opener 56-20. to And Troy is up and down. And beat a Connecticut program that's struggling, but beat them 62-7. to And Connecticut, and, and Boise State is, is probably the best shot for a um, non-Power uh, 5 school to get to the playoff this year. And this is a game they've got to win. Like, you look at their schedule, they don't get another opportunity quite like this. They get, um, you know, Wyoming isn't as good as we thought maybe in week one. They, you know, they host San Diego State. But this is their power five opportunity. There, there are some decent games, BYU, Colorado State, you know, games. It's not a bad schedule. I just, they're going to have to go unbeaten and probably have a little help. But I think they've got the defense, it's like 10 starters back from a really good defense. They've got a quarterback who's probably going to play in the NFL. And this they're sort of set up. I wish their schedule had one more great team on it because Oklahoma State's kind of a fringe top 25 team, and that's the other problem. It's not even – like I just wish they had – I guess what's funny is TCU used to be at their level, and, and but I wish they had a one more good team, and, and um, Oklahoma State hadn't played anybody yet really. Beat Missouri State badly. Beat South Alabama. I want it's at, it's at Oklahoma State's in Stillwater. I badly want Boise State, and because I like to play with pick with my heart on this, and I think I also think Boise State's the better team, and they're getting two and a half points. I know it's on the road. I'm going Boise State. I'm taking Oklahoma State, and I'm taking over under 63, 63 and a half. Actually, it's up to sixty four and a half. Excuse me. I'm taking the over on this. I mean, you said Oklahoma State didn't play anybody. They scored 50 points two weeks in a row. Like I said, if you play nobody and you beat them, you know, and score 50 points and win by 40, that's impressive no matter who you play. I think this is one of the best games of the weekend, to be honest with you. It's one of the top, you know, three games. So I'm taking Oklahoma State at home uh, minus three and a half. Okay. Um, we did this again. Where I, I was hoping to get to ten thirty before we needed to call Johnny and beat <laughs> at a certain point. I said it always happens. Yeah, I, 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 my pacing is just not very good because we we need, we need to have him at ten thirty. We, we will. The next games are really good coming up, and so we're going to get to them with him. LSU at Auburn, Ohio State at TCU. We threw Arizona State, San Diego State in here because of Arizona State, but I, I don't know if we're actually going to play that game. Let's let's take that out. That I mean, that's we're just doing that because Michigan State just played Arizona State, but that. That's not that's not necessary to go to the ninth game there, and then we get to our NFL picks. Um, we'll be right back on Couch in the Room with Johnny Ochark. Week two of the NFL season kicks off tonight as the Baltimore Ravens visit the Bengals in Cincinnati. The AFC North foes both one and zero following Week One wins. Meanwhile, in Green Bay, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is hoping he'll be able to start Sunday against the Vikings. He suffered what he's calling a sprained knee in Sunday's dramatic comeback win over Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I want to play, obviously. But uh, you're just taking him one day at a time, see how it feels uh, tomorrow. 
Rodgers did not practice yesterday. In the NBA, Thunder All-Star guard Russell Westbrook is recovering from surgery on his right knee. His status for the regular season opener against the Warriors next month remains unclear. The Seattle Storm are this year's WNBA champions. They tap the Mystics 98-82 in Game 3 in Washington to sweep the finals. And for the first time since 1946, the Red Sox, a 100-win team in the regular season. They tapped the Blue Jays 1-0 at Fenway last night. That's sports. Jake Orwin, NBC News Radio. This is a special report from NBC News Radio. Hurricane Florence, I'm Lisa Carter. FEMA is warning people not to let their guard down, even though Florence was downgraded to a Category 2 hurricane. FEMA Administrator Brock Long saying this morning, the size of Florence has expanded. This is a very dangerous storm. Storm surge is why you have been placed under, many of you have been placed under evacuation. Uh, and we are asking citizens to please heed a warning. Um, your time is running out. He warned parts of the Carolinas could see days of rain, record flooding, and widespread power outages. The outer bands of Florence are now brushing up against the Carolina coast. The hurricane is expected to make landfall either overnight tonight or tomorrow, most likely in North Carolina. The eye of the hurricane is less than 200 miles east-southeast of Wilmington, North Carolina, moving northwestward, packing winds of 110 miles an hour. Lisa Carter, NBC News Radio. And we're back here on Couch in the Rube, Graham Couch, alongside Jason Nick. Uh, we go out to our uh, our favorite guest of the week, John Campbell, Johnny Oddshark. Um, well, I tell you what, John, you know, Graham is fanboying out on you with your East Carolina pick. I mean, he texted me while he was at the Arizona State-Michigan State game. He's like, wow, John actually hit that game. He's like, this guy is good. So I've known you for for almost a year, so I told him that you were good. He's fanboying out on you, man. I love it. I love it. I love the intro. Favorite guest, too. And uh, love doing the show uh, with you guys and, and looking forward to it. It's a lot of fun. Well, John Campbell, you can you can find his work at oddshark.com um, and on Twitter at Johnny Oddshark. And that's J-O-N-N-Y-O-D-D-S, uh, Shark. And, um, John, yeah, I'm telling you, the East Carolina pick. Because you, you not only said, I, I think they were getting 17 or whatever at home they were going to cover, you said you liked it straight up. And I think I don't know if they won by 19, whatever it was. They were up 19 when I finished watching it. That that was – that's that's a game that comes with some credibility right there. That's all I got to say. That's, that's Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, I, I have one or two or, or, or a couple a year that I just look at. That's why I love college football. I just can – find a couple lines a year like that like you just look at it and go wow this, this is not right i can tell i'm watching more college football than the guy who set this line so uh that was a good one hopefully we can keep it rolling all right well as we go through this week's line so we just did about uh I don't know, five or six six of our college games here but i'm going to go quickly through those um with you and and actually i've missed one of our games i started with miami toledo and we'll, we'll, we'll add one more that I, I wanted to get in there just because it's Michigan State's next opponent in Ball State, Indiana. Um, but Miami at Toledo. Uh, I mean, going to the Glass Bowl for the Hurricanes, you don't know what they are yet. They didn't look very good against LSU. Toledo hadn't played anybody yet. You don't really know what they are yet. I've seen some horrible Toledo teams defensively. What do you see here? 
Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a tricky game. I was a little surprised uh, at this line. I, I, I think it's giving Toledo a lot of credit, and I agree we don't really know what they are yet. Uh, Miami covered for the first time in six games last week, uh, and um, you know they just haven't been covering a lot of spreads. What I don't like from Toledo is they go with two QBs, Mitch Gondetny and uh, Eli Peters. And Logan Woodside's a big mess for them this year. I just think going up against a really tough Miami defense, I don't like Malik Rozier at all for Miami, but against this defense, I'm going to lay these points on the road for Miami. Oklahoma, 17.5 at Iowa State. Iowa State's got a QB injury. They look good early against Iowa. It's a, it's a game that there, there's some history between these two and, Oklahoma, and Iowa State ruining some things for Oklahoma. Um, it's at Iowa State's in Ames, but it also seems like kind of a, a low number. I, I don't know. It, it's a tough one. I, I, I'm, I'm talking myself in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. And, and Oklahoma, for me, has just looked really good at the line of scrimmage and started off a little slowly last week against UCLA. And that's why I like Oklahoma to cover, even though they, they didn't by a point or two. But I just think they overmatch Iowa State. What I didn't like in that game, Iowa State at Iowa last week, was Iowa State. Iowa State's O-line wasn't the best. They didn't look that great at the line of scrimmage. So that's what concerns me about this one, and I agree with you. I think this line's a little bit too low. Uh, I lean Oklahoma as well. Vandy at Notre Dame. And, uh, again, we're not sure on Vandy yet. They've beaten two not very good teams somewhat impressively. Notre Dame didn't look great last week, looked great against Michigan. So I'm not 100% sure. I, I, I have Notre Dame. Jason has Vandy here. I really like Vandy in this game, and, and the line was 14 and a half. It's come down to 13 and a half. I think the money's moving the right way. I think this is the case of, of a Notre Dame team that's getting a lot of hype. That's really good against sort of an unknown Vanderbilt team, and kind of weird to say that about an SEC team, but Vandy's really improved this year, and they're a really tough physical team here. They very quietly won and covered their first two games. They're good on defense. They're, they're kind of a ball-hawking defense. They have six turnovers so far on D, and uh, and Notre Dame's been turning the ball over. Brandon Wimbush uh, has, what, three, four interceptions or, uh, early here. So I think that's a really tough matchup with them. Notre Dame also two and five against the spread in the last seven. That's a huge concern for me because their D-line is really good and they have a pretty solid defense. Looks like they have all the tools, but their lines have been inflated. I will not be shocked if Vanderbilt wins this game straight up. I think they're going to give Notre Dame a real scare in this game. Wow. Okay, now I've talked myself completely out of that. I, feel really, <laughs> I don't feel good about my Notre Dame pick anymore. Um, SMU plus 35 and a half in Michigan. I'm actually going to go Michigan here. I hate – I mean, that's an enormous number I would – Certainly buy the half point if your book allowed you to do it. But it, it's SMU is, it, I mean, once you saw them wear down last week against TCU, it was kind of over. I still think Michigan's trying to make a point and, and figure some things out. I, it, if this was next week's and they had rolled two opponents, maybe I'd feel a little differently. I, I Something tells me it's Michigan's kind of a gut thing. Uh, Jason likes SMU. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Graham. I'm, I'm on Michigan here, and Michigan likes to beat up these opponents, and they kind of need to because they've certainly struggled against those top 25 teams. And one of the things I don't like about SMU, they're just not a very good offense. They couldn't keep their offense on the field last week against TCU. Going up against a TCU-like Michigan defense, 
And uh, really good secondary. SMU doesn't have a great quarterback. And uh, I, I was a little bit worried about the backdoor cover. Michigan brings in the second stringers near the end of the game with Nebraska on top next week. But I still like Michigan. I think they're going to roll. Well, John, let me ask you about those big point spreads because you always talk about how you should be weary of of the big point spreads like 35 and a half. And that's why I wasn't happy. It's a game I'm going to stay away from. I'm not touching SMU whatsoever. But when you go into a Saturday or Sunday and you see a big point spread like that, obviously there's never a point spread like that in the NFL. But in college, how do you view those games? Do you stay away or do you like to play those? Well, I don't like to play games where I don't think the underdog, I don't like to play on a side where I don't think a team can win the game. So I won't take an underdog if the spread's 40 and I'm hoping they only lose by 36 or something like that. So I stay away from that side of it. Uh, underdogs are slightly better in these games and looking at the numbers, but I, I'm not afraid to take a favorite if if I think they're really going to kill a team. So you don't need to be afraid of these games, but I stay away from them when I – stay away from the dog when I just think there's no shot the dog could possibly win. Best game of the weekend, I think, or most interesting game in terms of what it does to the college football landscape. And, and I could be wrong on this because LSU – we'll get to LSU, Auburn, and Ohio State, TCU in a second. But Boise State plus 2.5 at Oklahoma State. And this is sort of the game that determines whether the group of five to me has a – uh, has a team all year that we're looking at and talking about in the playoff picture. Uh, Boise State plus two and a half, and Oklahoma State's a fringe top 25 team, at least as they appear right now. I really like Boise here, I think. I, I'm talking myself more and more into it. Jason likes Oklahoma State and the over, which is what, 62? 63? 63. 63. Yep. Um, where, where do you see this game? Well, I think the wrong team might be favored here, and uh, I really like Boise State, uh, a veteran team, great quarterback in Brett Rippon. Uh, so I, I like Boise State a lot in this one. I kind of have a rule with Boise State. They're, they're one of the teams that I try not to overthink when I'm betting them, and the rule is you play on them on the road. Over the last five years, they're 65% against the spread on the road, and you play against them when they're at home, where they have only covered at 36% over the last five years. And when you look at that, it makes sense. People see the blue turf, especially when it's on a TV game, and they want to bet Boise State. It's just fun to watch these games. But they tend to get a little better value on the road, and I think that's what we're seeing here. Really, really good team. I like Boise State. I also lean over. These two teams can score quite a bit. Oklahoma State has eight straight home overs, which is the longest home over streak in the nation as well. So uh, I think we'll see some points. I really like Boise State here. All right. We have not picked these games yet, and there's some other good ones. Um, LSU plus 10 at Auburn. And I'm sorry, but if it, what I saw from LSU, if you give me 10 points with LSU's defense, I don't really care who they're playing outside of maybe Alabama. I'm probably taking them. I, I'm going LSU here, and, and I, I'm making somebody beat them by 10. And I, I, It might be one of my locks of the week. I like LSU, like you said, getting 10. Give me 10 points in LSU, I'm throwing something on it. What do you think, John? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I lean LSU. I, what I like the most in this game is the under, and, and you guys said it, just great defenses, two excellent defenses here. That was my first reaction, too. I, I, I saw the line and went, whoa, LSU catching 10 here uh, with that defense. But Auburn, the reason why it's so high, Auburn's 13-0 and in its last 13 games at home, and they've won those games by an average of over 30 points per game. So, 
Really tough to beat at home. LSU is also 7-2 and two against the spread in its last nine games, and, and that's kind of overlooked for a big SEC team here. What I don't like, the one matchup where I'm just a little bit hesitant to take LSU is this D-line for Auburn going up against an LSU O-line that's still piecing itself together and figuring things out. They had some suspensions last week. So that's my one concern. I think LSU makes a fantastic teaser bet this week, though, as well. You tease them up to plus 16, and I think I'll be surprised if this game is decided by more than two touchdowns. That's a really good point. I mean, sometimes you do get those lines. The ones that jump out at you, the moment mm-hmm. you see them are are not ones you should take necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. That happens to me all the time. Like, oh my gosh, lock and not happening. <laughs> There's a reason I'm I'm the sucker they're looking for. Um, uh, Ohio State minus fourteen uh, against TCU in Dallas. Of course, that game will be at least half Buckeyes fans, um, but it is you know not a home game. TCU uh, after struggling early against SMU looked good in the second half. Ohio State hadn't really played anybody yet couple questions on defense, but has guys, unlike very few programs in, in football, I, I'm i really struggling with this one because I want to say TCU, but I, I, I think Ohio State gets this done and covers the spread. I'm taking TCU yeah, I, getting the 14. You know, I just – it's one of those non-plays for me, but what do you think, John? Yeah, I, I, I'm the same. I want to take TCU here, and this line's come down. I was a little surprised Ohio State wasn't favored by more in this one. They, they scored 129 points in two games here, and they've completed their passes at 82%. And, and I know it's been cupcakey here so far, but to do that is, is mighty impressive. And I love this TCU defense. They're number eight against the pass in the nation so far uh, against two-week opponents as well. But what I can't get past is TCU just doesn't have a good passing quarterback in Sean Robinson, and he's really been struggling. He's a little banged up. He's been overthrowing his receivers. It's the same problems. Uh, Gary Patterson talking about bringing Michael Collins into this game, and that's kind of the unknown factor for me in this game because I think he might be a better fit for this TCU offense. I gotta go with with Ohio State. I, I just I, you're going to have to be able to score against Ohio State, and I don't know if TCU can do it. Last college game, Ball State plus fourteen and a half. At Indiana, Indiana has found a third running back. This freshman Stevie Scott. Um, Ball State on the road. Uh, I mean, state rivalry game for them. I've seen MAC teams look good at Indiana. They've got confidence after they played Notre Dame. I, I think this is competitive. I'm going Ball State. What do you have, Jason? I'm taking Ball State plus 14. What do you think, John? Yeah, I, I kind of lean that way, too. Ball State uh, looked pretty good against and covered the spread against Notre Dame. Real good passing team. I'll probably be looking to fade Ball State after these two weeks. They go to Notre Dame, then Indiana. Those are two huge games. I don't know who they have next off the top of my head, but I'll be looking hard to fade them next week. Well, that, that's a really good point because you know, and somebody who's covered the Mac for a bit, I've seen the effect of this sort of thing. And Ball State's got Western Kentucky, which is a good program, uh, uh, next week at home. But that happens. I, I've seen, you know, I saw a Western Michigan team beat. They played three power fives in five weeks and beat two of them, including a really physical Connecticut team before things fell apart there. And they hung on one more week for homecoming, and then it was like, you just saw the the wear and tear, and it just it just came out of them. You never at some point those teams that overschedule, uh, it, it usually bites them. But uh, yeah, I, I like Ball State still at this point. All right, let's go to the NFL here, and we got four NFL games this week. 
And uh, we, we, you know, you. What's interesting about Jason is that overall, you picked on your own betting, your own financial, yes, uh, you know, My situation. Yeah, you did better with the NFL. I sure did. In our picks, you did better with college last week. I know. I need to start just listening to yourself. Doing the opposite. I know. Gut reaction, right, John? You, you had to have those. Sometimes you have those gut feels, especially with you the do. NFL. The NFL, you have to have that gut feel, right? Yeah, you do, and don't be afraid to take it. Uh, Paulo Antunes uh, from ESPN Brazil, who's, who's part of our team on track in the Super Contest, he finished 18th in the Super Contest last year. It's won $25,000, and I, I've talked to him many times. He handicapped based, he purely based on gut feel. He, he just goes by feeling on teams. So don't let anybody tell you you're doing it wrong. That is important, of course, but try, trust your gut. Now you say 18th. You know, People have to understand the Super Contest, there's like uh, 3,500 entries, right? Yeah, it's the winner gets over a million dollars. It's really the most uh, elite NFL contest in the world. And to finish 18th, you're, I think he was something like 65% in the NFL, which is incredibly difficult to do, which is which is why he won 25 grand. Wow. It's important to explain that because I once finished 18th yeah. in a mailroom contest uh, over at State Capitol. And I think there were 23 people, and so it was not, not quite as not Yeah, quite people hear 18th, and they're like, big deal. So what? I could finish 18th in some, so. Yeah, and, la- and last week uh, it, I'll, I'll give our, our picks. Thing. I, I was the worst of us. I went five, six, and one, three and three in college, two, three in the push in the NFL. The the, the push was that Seattle uh, Denver game. Uh, well, that's not too bad. Not too bad at all. Uh, Jason, Jason, you were really good. You were seven, four, and one. Nice. And nice. five and one in college, and then just had a horrible I, college. And I day. went over in my actual <laughs> put money out of my pocket bets. I actually went over Saturday. So yeah. And, and, and John was six five and one, but undefeated when you count the East Carolina pick, and that's really how, how, it, how, how it how it how it plays out. Um, all right, so as we go to the NFL picks, Panthers plus six at Falcons, and I Panthers look good. I get that defensively. Falcons, everybody's you know giving crap right now. Yeah, they're at home though, and they've had a long time to prepare. I actually, I know it's a big number, but I've got this. I, I, I like the Falcons and in the, in the, in, even given the points. I'm taking, I'm taking the the Panthers plus six, and it might be one of my locks of the week. What do you think, John? I, I now the lines up to six. I, I lean to the Panthers. I just think Greg Olson is such a huge part of this offense, and and will be sorely missed. I, this is one of the games Vegas needs most. Most a lot of money coming in on the Falcons here. Uh, but I just feel like it's too many divisional game, uh, real tough, six points. I would go with the Panthers. Four and a half, Falcons look really good, but this is climbing up to a touchdown close to it. See, I hate that. When I'm on with the public money, that really annoys me. I don't want to be that guy. All right, Chargers minus seven at Bills. And I, I, you got to put the Bills in there just for right now because of how bad they look. Josh Allen getting his first start. You, you, you got to think it's not going to be quite that bad. Uh, the Chargers actually disappointed me last week a little bit. Um, and it is a touchdown on the road, but are the Bills just that horrible and it's a guy's first start? I, I, I'm I'm going with the Chargers until I see something different. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm taking uh, – this is a stay-away game for me, but Chargers, if I had to, Phillip Rivers giving seven against the Bills, against a rookie quarterback. What do you think, John? Yeah, I, we all agree here. I, I like the Chargers, and I think oddsmakers were trying to be too cute with this line. It initially opened plus seven and a half. I think they're trying to make you uncomfortable with that hook. And early on, 
it came down. So it's down to a touchdown. I, like, I don't know. Do you want to put your money on the Bills right now? I don't think so. And by the way, you shouldn't really fear that hook at seven and a half in in the NFL, especially teams cover at almost fifty four percent. I mean, our numbers going back to nineteen eighty four when they're favored by seven and a half. So, I just think Chargers are way better. They're also seventeen and five in the last twenty two meetings against the Bills. So, if you want to take the Bills, like good luck to you. All right, we've got to do these last. Um... Last couple quickly here because, per usual, we're, we're running a little low on time here. Um, Chiefs plus four at Steelers. Uh, you know, I, I, get, I like the Chiefs right now, and I know it, it's it's a decent line on the road at the Steelers. I, it, strangely, I just that's a gut feel. Chiefs. Chiefs. Uh, I like Mahomes. I mean, Pittsburgh obviously struggled with Cleveland last week. That's why the the line's kind of low. I'm taking Chiefs plus four. Another one of my locks, possible locks. What do you think, John? Uh, I like the Steelers here, actually, uh, just because <laughs> I think there's a little there's a little too much hype on, on the Chiefs at the one game with Mahomes, and also the Steelers are two completely different teams, one on the road and one at home. And the team we saw on the road is the kind of team that can blow a two touchdown lead against the Browns. They're much much better at home. All right, the one everybody's waiting for: Lions plus six and a half at Forty Niners. <laughs> uh, again, like the Bills right now, I, I am not putting. A damn thing on the Detroit Lions, and they're on the West Coast. I'm not. I, I think they will show up, but I, I'm going to go Niners here, and, and I, without question, I think this line could move. So I'm going to wait. I'm not probably won't end up touching it because I'm a Lions fan, but I would take Lions plus six and a half. What do you think, John? I like the Niners. I did not like what I saw from the Lions last week. This offensive line again looks like it's in trouble and going on the road against the Niners. I, I got to take the home team. Well, before we end this, we have to get John's, you know, uh, great white shark of the of the play of the week, right? A lot of pressure here. Let's do it before we get out of here. <laughs> Money line upset. Okay, yeah. I'll. Uh, well, I mentioned Vandy could do it. Another one I really like: Utah plus six at home against Washington. I really love this Utah team, and and for some reason that that game is kind of off the board, off the beaten path this week. I think Utah could upset uh, Washington. That will be the game I watch now. That's, wow. all, that's all I care. <laughs> John Campbell, Johnny Oddshark, oddshark.com. Uh, John, we always enjoy it. We will talk to you again next week. Thanks so much. Thanks, John. Look forward to it. Thanks, guys. We'll be right back. Couch in the Rube. The U.S. Open has come and gone, but Forest Acres is open for us, providing plenty of golf fun this summer. Test your skill on the West Championship course, as many of the game's greats have for nearly 60 years. Or play 9 or 18 at the fast, fun East layout where good shots and good friends get together. If time is an issue or you just want to win more matches, improve your game at the Acres East Practice Facility, ranked among the top 50 in the country. Check out the custom club fitting and all the newest gear, including the latest Spartan apparel, at the beautiful West Pro Shop. That's Forest Acres, East or West. Enjoy the best. You're listening to Couch in the Room, a Spotlight production. Week two of the NFL season kicks off tonight as the Baltimore Ravens visit the Bengals in Cincinnati. The AFC North foes both 1-0 following week one wins. Meanwhile, in Green Bay, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is hoping he'll be able to start Sunday against the Vikings. He suffered what he's calling a sprained knee in Sunday's dramatic comeback win over Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I want to play, obviously, but... Uh... 
You just take it one day at a time, see how it feels uh, tomorrow. Rodgers did not practice yesterday. In the NBA Thunder All-Star guard, Russell Westbrook is recovering from surgery on his right knee. His status for the regular season opener against the Warriors next month remains unclear. The Seattle Storm are this year's WNBA champions. They tap the Mystics 98-82 in Game 3 in Washington to sweep the finals. And for the first time since 1946, the Red Sox, a 100-win team in the regular season, they tapped the Blue Jays 1-0 at Fenway last night. That's sports. Jake Orwin, NBC News Radio. This is a special report from NBC News Radio. Hurricane Florence, I'm Lisa Carter. FEMA is warning people not to let their guard down, even though Florence was downgraded to a Category 2 hurricane. FEMA Administrator Brock Long saying this morning, the size of Florence has expanded. This is a very dangerous storm. Storm surges, why you have been placed under, many of you have been placed under evacuation. Uh, and we are asking citizens to please heed a warning. Um, your time is running out. He warned parts of the Carolinas could see days of rain, record flooding, and widespread power outages. The outer bands of Florence are now brushing up against the Carolina coast. The hurricane is expected to make landfall either overnight tonight or tomorrow, most likely in North Carolina. The either hurricane is less than 200 miles east-southeast of Wilmington, North Carolina, moving northwestward, packing winds of 110 miles an hour. Lisa Carter, NBC News Radio. And we're back here on Couch in the Roof, Graham Couch, alongside Jason Nick, wrapping up our number one. Uh, enjoyed having uh, John Campbell, Jenny Oddshark. Always on. good. That, that was really good. And now, of course, I'm all over Utah plus six at home against Washington. I've already uh, called my um And that's what account. made me feel, feel good about going over because, you know, he went one for six or one for seven the week prior. So it happens, right? As a gambler, you have to understand that. Hoping my wife doesn't... Uh, See the missing thirty thousand in our savings account that I just shipped over. So, no, you're gonna go full Ray Romano. <laughs> that's right. Twenty five k. No, anyway, that's good. So we're, we'll get to our locks of the week and our and our our, our final picks. And we're gonna uh, have a little hour. contest too. We, we have something to give away. We do. So um, we're gonna come back in the first hour. You know, next segment. And we're first, gonna have a little contest involving Twitter, obviously. Yeah, it's a Reno's uh, gift certificate, fifty bucks. Yeah, and so we will put something out on Twitter. And um, I'm thinking people give their locks of the week. And whoever, wow, how do we do it? We'll figure it out. We'll figure break. it out. We here were just handed this by, by Doug Warren. So, yeah, yeah. If you make us think too long, we'll come up with something that's actually an impossible giveaway. How so, about a parlay? Someone comes up with three picks. They hit all three. They get the gift card. So we don't give it away till next week. You're saying? No, we do it for this week. We'll figure it out in the break. Like yeah. I said, we were just handing it to him. <laughs> we're trying to figure it out. Too it's un- not going to be caller 75 or anything. So. Listening to the Rube try to put this together. Hey, is just... you know what? <laughs> Doing a lot of things over here. Awesome first hour. Um, enjoyed, enjoyed the picks. Again, Utah plus six at home against Washington. Um, Vandy, he loves. He's Ride talking he about says. Utah money line, right? But yeah. Outright. Yeah, no, and I, I was real happy that he was with me on a couple things instead of you. Sure. That made me that made me feel good. We'll be right back. Second hour, Couch in the Roop. It's time for Did You Know, brought to you by the Greater Lansing Sports Authority. Did you know that over the last 10 years, 
The Greater Lansing Sports Authority has grown sports events in the area by 272%. Bringing in sports events to the Capital Region is the passion of the GLSA. These events have brought millions in revenue to local businesses and a measurable quality of life for Greater Lansing residents. Find more information at lansingsports.org. And now you know. The U.S. Open has come and gone, but Forest Acres is open for us, providing plenty of golf fun this summer. Test your skill on the West Championship course, as many of the game's greats have for nearly 60 years. Or play 9 or 18 at the fast, fun East layout where good shots and good friends get together. If time is an issue or you just want to win more matches, improve your game at the Acres East Practice Facility, ranked among the top 50 in the country. Check out the custom club fitting and all the newest gear, including the latest Spartan apparel, at the beautiful West Pro Shop. That's Forest Acres, East or West. Enjoy the best. Politics, business, sports. This is the Spotlight Radio Network. SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. Week two of the NFL season kicks off tonight as the Baltimore Ravens visit the Bengals in Cincinnati. The AFC North foes both 1-0 following week one wins. Meanwhile, in Green Bay, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is hoping he'll be able to start Sunday against the Vikings. He suffered what he's calling a sprained knee in Sunday's dramatic comeback win over Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I want to play, obviously, but uh, you're just taking it one day at a time, see how it feels uh, tomorrow. Rodgers did not practice yesterday. In the NBA, Thunder All-Star guard Russell Westbrook is recovering from surgery on his right knee. His status for the regular season opener against the Warriors next month remains unclear. The Seattle Storm are this year's WNBA champions. They tapped the Mystics 98-82 in Game 3 at Washington to sweep the finals. And for the first time since 1946, the Red Sox, a 100-win team in the regular season. They tapped the Blue Jays 1-0 at Fenway last night. That's sports. Jake Orwin, NBC News Radio. A lot of rain in South Texas and rain along the Gulf Coast all the way to Florida. But our big focus today is Hurricane Florence, which will bring what are being termed unprecedented floods to parts of North Carolina and South Carolina. Hurricane force winds will begin to hit the coast late Thursday, and then the storm is likely to slow considerably, leading to a long period of heavy rain for the Carolinas. Some areas may see 20 30, even 35 inches of rain from this storm, which would lead to catastrophic flooding. The storm will also produce a storm surge with large destructive waves and flooding for numerous cities and towns along the coast. Evacuations have largely been completed as this deadly storm moves toward the mainland U.S. Authorities say life-threatening flash flooding and river flooding are likely across the southeast and even inland in the Appalachians right into early next week as a result of this huge storm. That's your national weather forecast. Mike Ellis, NBC News Radio. NBC News Radio. I'm Lisa Carter. It's slowed down a bit, but dangerous Hurricane Florence is inching closer to the Carolina coast. The latest information from the National Hurricane Center has Florence at a Category 2 with sustained winds of 110 miles per hour. Forecasters are still warning of life-threatening storm surge and rain. Much of the southeast shut down right now. As Florence starts to move in. This is a mandatory evacuation. All residents must be off the island. Many along the shoreline have moved out. It's really big and very dangerous. We just need to get out of the way. Coastal communities from Virginia through the Carolinas are for the most part empty. Signs of what's to come are on boarded windows and doors, sandbags stacked to block flooding rains. And what could be a devastating storm surge. 
NBC News correspondent Jay Gray in Carolina Beach, North Carolina. Now, forecasters say the outer rain bands are approaching the coast of North Carolina. Florence is about 177 miles south-southeast of Cape Hatteras, moving to the northwest at 15 miles per hour. Florence is expected to slow down and move near or over the coast of southern North Carolina and eastern South Carolina tonight and tomorrow. Police in Bakersfield, California, say they're trying to figure out why a man killed five people and then himself. Kern County Sheriff Donnie Youngblood told the Bakersfield Californian that the suspect went to a trucking business with his wife and argued with another man. He then shot the man and his wife. A third person tried to flee and the suspect pursued him and then shot him. He then went to a residence and confronted two more men before shooting and killing both of them. He also carjacked a woman driving with a child in the car. They were able to escape unharmed. Police pursued the car and when they pulled him over, the suspect took his own life by shooting himself in the chest. Mark Mayfield reporting. At a New York Times report says the U.S. has more migrant children in custody than at any other time in history. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. A new survey is painting a troubling picture for transgender youth. The medical journal Pediatrics says more than half of female-to-male transgender teens have attempted suicide. The number is a lot lower, 30%, for teens transitioning from male to female. The authors collected data over three years for more than 120,000 youth from ages 11 to 19. Most women receive the devastating news about a breast cancer diagnosis over the phone. A study by the University of Missouri School of Medicine shows that one out of four got the bad news over the phone in 2007, but in 2015, that number jumped to six out of ten women, and it stayed there ever since. These findings have prompted the school to develop new training methods. Medical students can now take a special class to prepare themselves for delivering bad news over the phone. Health Update, Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio. What do you get when you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward, unsophisticated everyman? Yeah, uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. And we're back here on Couch in the Rube. I'm Graham Couch, the Lansing State Journal, alongside Jason Nick, also known as the Rube. Um, Great first hour doing our picks. Uh, We want to involve you in this a little bit. We're not going against the spread here, but we have a $50 Reno's uh, North gift card, which I am holding in my hand for our Facebook Live audience. Um, And I just tweeted this out as well, at Couch and the Rube on Twitter. Um, if we, you have to pick these four games and the scores of these four games and the closest person in terms of, you know, how many games you got correct, the winner and the scores wins the gift card. And so you can reply to the tweet or hashtag us couch and the Rube or respond on Facebook. If you're watching on Facebook live, um, any way you want to do it, that works. These are the four games. Lions at 49ers. Ohio State versus TCU. Boise State at Oklahoma State. 
I feel like there should be like a drum roll here. SMU at Michigan. <laughs> why can't we do it against the spread? Is there some sort of contest BS or something? Is we'll that get why? into that. I just had time to put it. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to break any rules here. Oh, boy. I, and there probably isn't. Um, but it wasn't just against the spread. I didn't know how to. What if we have like five people who get all four games against the spread? I, and the, we put them in a hat and we'll do it live on Facebook Live and draw someone's name. I don't know. That would have been better. We'll do that next week or next time we have one of these. Yeah. For, for right work, now, work in progress. Right, right. For right now, I was looking because if they have to pick scores, then if you know three people pick all four, it's easy to you know. I got uh, you. It's I'm easy just to, asking you know because a lot of people, you know. Like, oh, you can't talk about point spreads on the air. It's so, no, it's no, so no. Like, this underground thing. Like, get out of here. No, and and, and I, uh, yeah, so feel free to reply to that or, or hit us up on Facebook. Or if you're listening, um, do one of those two things. 50 bucks. That's a lot of. Uh, 50 bucks Reno's. That's a lot of Bud Light. And if, if nobody wins, nobody gets any of them right, uh, Jason and I will be at Reno's North <laughs> on Monday at about uh, 1230 yep. and, and our second pint. So, um, But back to Johnny Eichert, we were talking, I mean, about gut feel, that guy in the super contest, right? Do you ever have that? Because I, I think my problem is when we did our picks on last Thursday, and I did really well, I get up on Saturday and I start changing my mind on a couple games. Do you do that as well, or do you just go super gut? Gut feel. Well, I, I'm not really, you know, if if I were to to do what you're doing still and and get out there and and, and be playing games, um, at the extent you're doing that, sure, I, I, nothing crazy. I just wake up on, you know, I just want to have a little action, a little fun. Yep. You know, no, my one of my favorite things used to be to do, and and this was not always a lucrative thing to do, but was like when you're on the road. And it was in my twenties. You get back to the hotel. You covered a game. It's like eleven o'clock at night. 10.30 at night, order a pizza, put 50 bucks on the West Coast game. Mm-hmm. And so you have a little excitement with it. You care all of a sudden. I mean, you know, dang it, you want Fresno State to win. It was my favorite, actually, you know, cause, but although Gonzaga never covered, getting out of work at 11 o'clock and having that midnight game, you know, calling my guy or texting and saying, hey, give me 100 on Gonzaga versus San Francisco. And it was the most exciting thing ever. You would think, hey, Gonzaga, San Francisco at midnight? But you throw $100 on it that you really don't have to lose. Back then, I didn't have it to lose. It's a lot different. So, I, w- One of the problems with the West Coast basketball games late at night and uh, in the, in the WAC and, and, and all those in the Pacific Coast Conference is I will. I started like thinking I can go to bed earlier if I take my phone and headphones in because you can use your phone like a television, right? And, and you just watch the games while laying in bed, but at least I'll be ready for bed. I'll be in bed. It'll help me get to bed earlier. But then it'd be like this really close St. Mary's Gonzaga game, and I'm all in, and I'm wide awake, and I wind up getting out of bed and going to the fridge and going to sit in the living room. It, it's, it's, it doesn't work for me. Sure. Um, yeah, it's I, um, I love the West Coast game, and, but I don't talk myself out of too much. I'm, I'm pretty good about that. I, when, when I have a gut feeling, I, I've always been able to stick with it, although – you know who does talk me out of things is John Campbell. Sure. It makes me, makes yeah, me it's rethink. always fun when you give your pick and then he goes, I'm actually taking the complete opposite of what you just said. Yeah, and all the public money is doing what you're doing. So all the <laughs> morons have what you have. Um, so yeah, it's fine. Welcome to them. Oh, good. Like I said, that's why he has his job and I have mine, I guess. And that's why I'm not in Vegas if I knew what I was doing. So he gave us yeah. two sort of locks of the week. Vandy, he, he really likes a lot. And, of course, I, I took Notre Dame. Um 
But the other one he gave us, sort of the one that was a little off the radar, more on the radar than last week, Utah plus six at home against Washington. That's an interesting one. That is an interesting one. And again, we're, we'll play out what he does all year on those, and, and again, he's, he's not going to hit all of them. Last week, East Carolina, North Carolina was impressive. Well, if he gets this one again, I might, I might fanboy out as well. Yes. Because it'll mean good things. I am curious. Only for our show, for a show and my pocket. I am curious what your lock of the week is. Lock of the week. Um, let's see, what did I have? I, I really like LSU getting 10. I don't know if it's my lock against Auburn. I don't know if that's a stay away game for most people, but like we talked about, you said it first, LSU with that defense and 10 points. I'm throwing that as a lock of the week. And Vanderbilt at 14. I'm I'm following Johnny Oddshark on that. If it's at 14, I'm taking 14 Vandy against Notre Dame. Right. That that becomes the problem, right, is now my locks of the week are, Van, are <laughs> Vandy <laughs> and Utah, um, which I, you know, I, I, and, and earlier on I really liked Toledo. And I listen to Johnny Oddshark, and that's, that's a weird. That's a weird spread. It is know. a weird spread, and and because I, I didn't like Miami, and that's the problem. You you see a team once, and and um, you know you're not I, my lock of the week, to be honest. And I know this is is the Forty ers <laughs> I don't not, know if I'd go lock of the week just for one a one game sample. Yeah, we looked bad at home, but this is a game traveling to San Francisco that they could. They could win it. They could pull it off. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm staying away. I'm staying away. The, the spread's down to six. No thanks. No, I'm just going to watch and just make sure this team isn't imploding in front of my eyes after one game. Yeah. No, I actually think my lock of the week might be now, and I'll, I'll stick. I'll make, I'll make this my official lock of the week. Okay. I really like Oklahoma at Iowa State without the quarterback, given what happened, what's happened in previous years. Between those two, um, Iowa State's a competitive program, good coach, has some playmakers. Uh, I think Oklahoma's the real deal, and I, I just like that a lot. If I had a second one, my gut feeling of the week, too, I think Purdue is actually bad. And I know they have a good coach, but... What we saw that doesn't matter, right? Well, they don't have a quarterback, and what we saw at Northwestern last week, with Northwestern losing at home badly to Duke, sort of explained. You know, Northwestern then beats Purdue the week before, and then Purdue loses to Eastern Michigan. Missouri is only getting six on the road at Purdue, and I think Missouri is a decent club, and you're under a touchdown. And in the NFL, that's a lot of points. In college, it's not necessarily a lot of points. So, Mike, you know, if, if let me flip those. Lock of the week, Missouri at Purdue. Gut feeling of the week is uh, Oklahoma um, at, uh, at Iowa State. See, I, I'm going to NFL with another lock. I like the, the Chiefs plus four. Is that where we're at? Pittsburgh, actually, it's minus open, minus five. You can get four and a half in some books. I like Kansas City getting four and a half. I know everybody's like, oh, Mahomes, he can't do it in Pittsburgh. I don't know how good Pittsburgh is. I mean, it, it took everything they had against Cleveland, which I don't know if Cleveland's any good. The, the thing that scares me about Pittsburgh is that in the last few years, Ben Roethlisberger has been a different quarterback at home versus the road, and they're, they're a different offense. And so that, you know, that that's what makes me a little leery. Like, I've just seen a lot of Pittsburgh look bad on the road. 
and a lot of Pittsburgh look good at home. Who's your, what's your gut of the week? That's your lock. Uh, gut of the week was Panthers plus six. When I first, you know, like yeah. you say, the gut gut feel of the week is always when you look at the point spreads first, you grab your sheet or look online or whatever. Uh, and I saw Panthers getting six against the Falcons. That was my gut feel. Yeah, and I feel bad because I got talked out of my Toledo thing. Because that was really my first line. You know, you and I had looked at that, you know, and, and I was I was all about it. I'm still with it. you a little bit. I just don't know enough about Toledo. You're a Mac guy, so you know more than I do. I just, it's a weird, wonky kind of line. Miami minus 10. The other game I, I really love is, is is Boise State, the more I think about it. and uh, But I, I don't want to put that because it, it's still a road game. I'm still I'm, – I'm not sure. I'm not, I'll, I'll go with Mizzou and Oklahoma where I was. Um, what's your stay-away game that people are going to have a lot of interest in? I think that definitely – well, the Lions first and foremost, but I usually stay away from the Lions game. But uh, I think the Chargers-Bills game, I don't know what's going to happen with that game. I, if I had to pick it, obviously minus seven Chargers, but Bills, you never know. Josh it, Allen first game as a starter can't be any worse than Peterman. It I, was it, it was interesting that Johnny Oddshark said, um, I "Just call him John Campbell. He's an adult." But he, uh, no, he he, he doesn't. It's his nickname. Yeah, but he thought the NFL did get a little. The uh, oddsmakers got a little cute with that line. Yeah, and 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 it might be you know, it, well, it we might be reading nine. something. Yeah, open right. at nine and. and but still, sometimes, you know, I, I'm always weary of the lines that early on I love. And instantly when I saw that line, I loved it. And so anytime that happens, I've trained myself to think, no, you don't love that. But you it, also have to understand, though, Graham, like last week when we were talking Oklahoma-UCLA, and that line jumped, I forget the numbers, it was like 35 down to something, and I, I messaged him, I'm like, what's going on? And it's basically a guy was driving around Vegas just dumping money at sports books into parlays and all this stuff. So it, the, the, the line is swayed. Due to people in Vegas, like it's not just what people think or what these guys at sports books think. It's what how much money is getting dumped. That's why you have to look at the open line and check what the current line is. That's the way you can see which way the money's swaying. So you never really know. Like you see the opening line, you're like man, did someone just go in and drop forty grand on this bet? And you have to be careful too, because the, the professionals, you know, you, you can say I want to be on the the same side as the professionals. Mm. But the professionals are trying to win fifty five percent. You know, they're they're playing the the they they have zero emotional interest. They're playing the the smart line. They often don't even know the. I mean, they, they don't sometimes know the sport or the teams as well as you think they would. They they know traditionally you know, they're they're looking at numbers, right? And and I think that's um that's yeah, part of it. They want to get the, the they want to tease the line down a little bit so they'll go juice you know they'll throw some money down on a on a point spread and then all of a sudden it drops down drops down everywhere and then they go lay the heavy money on that you know it's just a, it's, it's not a lifestyle that many people would enjoy that's no, for sure no it's not it's not like sitting around watching sports knowing the games and making a living there are guys that make a living in doing this it, it's they're not really sports fans i mean they may like sports but you know what i mean that's not what they're doing that's not their their business is not getting emotionally attached. Their business is not uh, trying to catch the middle of a game to, you know, after you've yeah. had a bad bet. They're, they're not, you know, over time you don't win that way. You may make a bad bet and you, you catch the in-game line and, you, you, you know, you try to cover it back, but that, that's not how they win. And when you're younger, you see that. You, like, when I, I remember watching poker when it was the big poker boom and watching the Phil Ivies and those guys. I'm like, oh, man, that looks like fun. But guess what? <laughs> Guess what? 
takes a lot of effort to to get to that level. And it's like that's why if the gambling we talk about it every Thursday with John and it's just, you know, it's for fun most part. You can talk about the game and you can throw money on it if you want. You know? All right. And that's 39-year-old Jason saying that. Yeah. 10 years ago it'd be different. Wise Jason. That's, yeah, this, is, this is financial wisdom no, from no, Jason Nick. It's better. A little bit better. All right. That that was an awesome to me uh, gambling segment for, you know, hour plus. We're going to get into some other stuff. Um, one thing, we did a Twitter poll yesterday on Lions coaches. The results of that are all in with about 500 voters. So we'll reveal those. And I had a post on LSJ.com this morning. A, a, a couple stories. One, sort of a fan's guide to Big Ten football stadiums. Another, ranking the Big Ten stadiums. And those rankings are getting a pretty good response. And we'll go through those, and, and you can agree with me or disagree with me uh, based on where I have people and other writers around the Big Ten and what they thought of things. So you're listening to Couch of the Rube, uh, Spotlight Radio Network. These are dynamic times in Greater Lansing. Lots of great growth and change and opportunity all around. The Eid Company is here and wants to help. Whatever your real estate needs are, be they commercial, retail, residential, or land. The Ides are a family company with a care and understanding of a small business, but the reach of a big one. Visit us at IdeCompany.com or call 517-351-2480. The Ide Company. Come grow with us. Would you or someone you know love to make a difference in the lives of kids and get paid for it? Dean Transportation is now hiring responsible and caring school bus drivers. You'll earn a competitive benefits package, 401k, paid time off, and we offer flexible scheduling. Excellent driving history required. Paid CDL training provided. Apply now at deantransportation.com slash jobs. That's deantransportation.com slash jobs. Make a difference in the lives of our kids and get paid to do it. Tom Crawford here for Cartridge World, your destination for quality ink and toner products and brand name printers backed by local service and expert advice. And what great local experts I have when I visit the Okemos Cartridge World outlet and its super customer-friendly franchise owners, Lena and Brian Talon, when I need to replenish the ink for my aging Lexmark printer. Two convenient locations for Cartridge World, 6123 West Saginaw Highway in Lansing, along with the Okemos store, 1715 West Grand River Avenue. It's Cartridge World, America's first choice for value-driven consumers. Hi, Tom Crawford here telling you if you eat better, you feel better, which is why you need to experience the real food and fresh fruit of the Tropical Smoothie Cafe in East Lansing. What a great selection from toasted wraps, sandwiches, flatbreads, and gourmet salads, let alone the renowned fresh fruit smoothie. Two convenient locations, 1201 East Grand River, across from the MSU campus, 1595 West Lake Lansing Road, just east of 127. It's the Tropical Smoothie Cafe, your healthy, guilt-free cafe and catering destination. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. Week two of the NFL season kicks off tonight as the Baltimore Ravens visit the Bengals in Cincinnati. The AFC North foes both 1-0 following week one wins. Meanwhile, in Green Bay, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is hoping he'll be able to start Sunday against the Vikings. He suffered what he's calling a sprained knee in Sunday's dramatic comeback win over Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I want to play, obviously, but... uh... 
You're just taking it one day at a time, see how it feels uh, tomorrow. Rodgers did not practice yesterday. In the NBA Thunder All-Star guard, Russell Westbrook is recovering from surgery on his right knee. His status for the regular season opener against the Warriors next month remains unclear. The Seattle Storm are this year's WNBA champions. They tap the Mystics 98-82 in Game 3 at Washington to sweep the finals. And for the first time since 1946, the Red Sox, a 100-win team in the regular season, they tapped the Blue Jays one nothing at Fenway last night. That's sports. Jake Orwin, NBC News Radio. This is a special report from NBC News Radio. Hurricane Florence, I'm Lisa Carter. Forecasters say the storm surge from Hurricane Florence could be the deadliest part of the storm. Weather experts are warning of a surge as high as 13 feet from Cape Fear to Cape Lookout, North Carolina, when Florence comes on shore late tonight or early Friday. Carolina Beach, North Carolina resident Kay Ballman says the threat of catastrophic storm surge led her to change her mind about riding the storm out. We were going to stay. And then yesterday I said, I said yeah, no, I, I, it's just getting too dangerous. The latest information from the National Hurricane Center shows Florence at a Category 2 with maximum sustained winds of 110 miles per hour. And Florence is a long way from the bayou, but America's Cajun Navy is on the job. The rescue group consists of numerous volunteers with their own boats who rose to national attention over the past couple of years during massive floods in Louisiana and Texas. Lisa Carter, NBC News Radio. on Couch in the Room, Graham Couch and Jason Nick here on the Spotlight Radio Network. Um, I want to get into something we did yesterday briefly. We asked on Twitter, which of these four Detroit Lions coaches would you prefer to have coach this year's Lions team? And the, the options were Matt Patricia, Jim Caldwell, Bobby Ross, and Wayne Fonts. Uh, after 24 hours, the final tally is in 486 votes, which we very much appreciate. Um, 38% Jim Caldwell, 35% Wayne Fonts, 21% Matt Patricia, 6% Bobby Ross. And obviously Patricia's got it rough because, well, he's got one game of, of work to show and it didn't go well. Um, that I'm a little surprised Jim Caldwell over Wayne Fonts, just sort of the nostalgic Barry Sanders in me. Are you surprised that went that way? No, like I said, most of those polls, it's recency bias kind of stuff. So, no, I'm not shocked. A lot of probably people that listen to the show don't really remember Wayne Fonts. Is that maybe? I mean, some do, but I could just see the recency bias and people going, oh, there's a lot of people that think Caldwell should still be the coach, which scares me. Well, it's good if a lot of people don't recall Wayne Fonts because in, in advertising years, younger is better. And so if that's our audience, we're... we're ah, we'll take anybody. We'll take anybody. Well, yeah. I don't care how old you are, but... That's right. If you're hanging out in diapers, we want you. But sadly, you know, Wayne O one of the best coaches and he had a losing record he did yeah yeah and, and, and it is nostalgia for me it i i never have the recency bias as much as i have in the nostalgic bias like I, I view people from my childhood differently than now and i think no i'll never see another quarterback i enjoy watching or think is better than john elway and i can watch tom brady all day and i can watch him come back in that super bowl against the falcons it doesn't matter john elway's the guy i love john elway when i was six and when I was 18, and then he retired, and I stopped liking the Broncos because it turned out I was just a John Elway fan. But as like you, Bo Jackson, like you know, I think Bo Jackson is one of the best athletes ever to live. And people now, I mean, they think of him as Tecmo Bowl guy. 
you know, they don't remember how great of an athlete he was. I saw him once play in Kansas City, a baseball game at the Sky Dome, sorry, Kansas City uh, at the Blue Jays in left field. And I was sitting in left field, 1990, one of the cooler experiences. I mean, he was just such a uh, physical specimen, just an incredible athlete. You know, he made it look easy. He did. That's one of those guys I love. And Tracy McGrady was one of those guys. I remember going to the 2003 playoffs against the Pistons and just watching him. I'm like, man, he just like nonchalantly just scores 40 points. So I was one of those uh, kids who didn't realize where technology was going because I used to tape a lot of Lions games on VHS. And I did this for a couple reasons, but primarily, and I taped over some really good video of like my sister and I when we were young a couple times. My mother was not happy. Um, but I did it because... When I used to talk about Barry Sanders being the greatest running back ever, my dad would always bring up, well, you know, there are guys like Jim Brown and Gail Sayers. There are guy, you know, guys you don't know. And I, I wanted to make sure someday when I had a kid that that little twerp couldn't look at me and be like, well, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, no, I, I wanted footage of Barry to be able to shove in there and tell that kid, if you want to have dinner, you're going to respect Barry Sanders. Do you still have the tapes? They're all, yeah, they're all in these boxes. It's ridiculous. Do you guys have like a storage unit or something? I mean, where do you keep all this stuff? Basement. Jeez. I mean, it's not like it's not like boxes and boxes. It's just a couple. I would say there's 15 tapes. I have the uh, complete set of uh, uh, Say by the Bell, the college years on a set. On a, right. a I'm calling the there. producers of uh, Hoarders right now. <laughs> it's Seriously, not. It's, no, they're, they're, they're have like a dead, box. Is there a dead cat underneath those VHS tapes? You you can't be a hoarder and live with my wife. I mean, our, our stuff is we're pretty we're pretty well organized. She is she is good for the organization. What are you going to do with life. the VHS tapes? I can understand if it was childhood memories, like you said yesterday with your musical or whatever. But I mean, like of old games. I mean, you can see that stuff anywhere, right? And I should, probably should get rid of most of those. I do have like Jordan's '55 and the '93 Finals and one of those things. Um, I have, I have a few tapes that are kind of cool that might be hard to. To, to track down entirely, but maybe not. Yeah, you're right. I should go through them. I, I just have not, um, and and they don't take up a whole you guys, lot of space. You guys don't move very often, so that's why you can tell the people that don't move very often they have VHS tapes in their basement. Because, you know, if you move constantly. That gets pitched. Luggage, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we just moved in January. Bought a house. Moved in January. Yeah. Basement to basement. You know, I just told two men in a truck. She wasn't paying attention. Hey, put that in the basement. It says basement on the box. You know? Oh, so you guys went two men in a truck. You guys are nice. You're good friends. You know, usually you get that text. Hey, uh, what are you doing Saturday? No, you get to a certain age and you can no longer ask, buddies. That's the way I look at it. Even when I moved to Lansing, that's a good topic someday when we get into the summer. I tell you what, man, if I go over there during the summer, the couches are moving and I grab a box of VHS VHS tapes, I'm chucking those bad boys. I'm like, are you serious? Call me over here on a Saturday. I wouldn't call you because so even when I moved from Kalamazoo in 2012, I had moved enough people there. And don't get me wrong, I've moved my wife because she works for the Chicago Tribune, and we have a, a second sort of we have a, a studio there, and we she's lived other places in Chicago. And anyway, I moved her about 17 times, yeah. but but that's an apartment; it's a little different. But when I moved from Kalamazoo to here in 2012, I had people that owed me moves, and I called them on it. And so I had uh, a woman who lived up upstairs. I had a, 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 butt, a couple buddies. And we did it, and I did the beer and pizza thing on that end. And I and and I rented a U-Haul. When I got here, I had two men in the truck unload the U-Haul because all my buddies here are like in their we're like in their early thirties with young families on a Sunday afternoon, and I wasn't going to call them to come move me. I just it, oh, see, I would still help, but I'm still going to bust your balls a little bit if I see VHS tapes. I don't mind helping friends. Believe me, I owe a lot of favors as well, but you know, come on, man. Time gets precious. Guys get in their thirties, they have families. I think if they have, if if they owe you moves, that's fine. Otherwise, 
Um, well, usually what they get me with is there's going to be beer. That's how they get – you can reel me in pretty much to most things. Yeah. You know, that's how this text starts off. Uh, what are you doing Saturday? There's going to be beer. I'm actually surprised you haven't done those, like, 5K brew pub runs. Where if, Never. If, yeah. Oh, stop. <laughs> are you kidding me? Running and beer do awful, not go together. Even in slow pitch softball, uh, I never understand it. I played in one – I play slow pitch softball every summer, but I played in one tournament once where at some point somebody went out and got a case – came back so we're drinking beer in the hot sun and then you go play in the outfield and you just want to throw up you know they're hitting the ball I mean, it's it's I, i've never understood the appeal of beer and softball go together you think if you're like sitting pancakes around pancakes and butter what do you mean if you're sitting around they do but no. if, if, you're, if you're the guy chasing down if you're playing a a, a high level softball league where you're hit, chasing I, down the outfield you're in trouble yeah and you should get out of that league because there's What's a bunch term, of softball yeah. angry softball guys and why would you want to play with them i did it one one summer for ABC 53, and I will never play again. It was ridiculous, but come on. The LSJ softball team, by the way, co-ed softball team, won the lowest level co-ed division this year in the Lansing. So I, I, I think it's seriously, did you wear eye paint? The, the black, the eye black, and we the tariffs? We're going to add that next year. The eye, the, you guys take yeah. it serious? I mean, No, we I, don't. We don't. We don't take it seriously. We just wind up in the lowest division. We're usually middle of the pack. See, people say that because that's how they got me. They're like, oh, it's a beer league. Like nobody cares. Blah, blah, blah. And as soon as I get there, there's two dudes wearing stirrups and eye paint. I'm going, are you kidding me? We, 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 I'll give you an example. When I started this, and I started this team to try to date my wife. I get here in 2012. I had played on teams in the Kalamazoo Gazette, and I, my wife was working in the LSJ newsroom, and I, I, I like this, this woman. You know, it's, Why don't you just ask her out? Yeah, because there's the whole softball league. There's, there. Well, what I was, it's commitment though. There, there is. So I was trying to get her, figure out ways to, to force social situations where we would be together. That's what I was looking for early on. Because I'm not in the newsroom very often, especially at that time, and it's a little awkward if like you ask somebody out and they don't want it, and, and then I'm in the newsroom all the time, and she's there, and she's somebody I got to deal with every morning. I needed to get a sense if she liked me, and so we talked about it, forming a LSJ co-ed softball team. It would be good for the young people. I was looking for ways to have more young friends. I had 19 people originally, so I had to change from Lansing to DeWitt where they allowed easier rules on the lineup and everything. And we had we had a guy who wore jeans every game in right center field, and a young woman who wore these plaid pants and knee socks. And I just prayed nobody. I mean, see, my thing is you don't have to be very good, but you got to look the part so that good hitters don't just look at you and go, "That's where I'm hitting the ball." And our right field that first year was was that. And um, but anyway, we went up dating before uh, the the t- first team ever started. Now we're married. She hasn't played in three years, and I'm. Stuck running the softball league for year six, but I enjoy it. I'm, hey, I'm it's not worth stuck. it, right? Oh, it's awesome. That's why I, I love Tinder. I don't have to go through that dumb softball stuff. That's how I met my my girlfriend. Tinder swipe. Yep. When you want to meet, let's have a beer. Actually, I, I enjoy uh, managing the softball team. I, I know you do. I know. See, that's the deep down. You really enjoy, I enjoy it. the heck out of it. I know because Cody told me that you try to get him to play like so bad. Because well, Cody comes out and he, you know he took steroids to play JUCO baseball. I'm with you. That's what shocked me. And, and so I, was I was like, like dude, why don't I thought you would love to play? That would be like up your in your wheelhouse. But I'm like, dude, middle of the lineup. <laughs> I'm you telling go. you. But honestly, I think it ruins like a lot of the the egos and like the angry softball guys ruin it for people. Yeah, you have to you have to find the leagues. And and coed takes a lot out of that, but there are still guys, and we've oh. even had them on our team. But you, but Dude. you have to find yeah. leagues, and, and and I'm enough of a jerk and competitive enough that if we play you and you're angry, mean softball guy, <laughs> I will I will dish it back, and I and I'm our pitcher. If you hit a home run on me, 
See, you're, I don't. you're walking the rest of the game. If you if you taunt us, if you're if you're being a jerk about it, if you're taking it too seriously, you're you know not that, gonna, isn't that like playing to their level? I mean, I understand what you're saying because I, I my girlfriend played in a kickball league on Wednesdays, and I would see I would see angry kickball guy. I'm like, are you kidding? Like kickball? You know, it's a seventh graders game. You guys, first of all, are, as adults, are all getting together and playing kickball, and secondly, you have angry kickball guy. So I can't. I don't know. I just don't like doing any of that stuff anymore. Like that 5K stuff. I watch people run. I'm like, yeah, have fun. I'm retired. I'm 39. I'm retired from activities. <laughs> I'm retired. I am, man. I'm retired. I try to stay healthy, try to eat healthy. I'll walk here and there. But this running and drinking beer after every mile, you can get the GTFO. No thanks. All right. But gonna... I'm glad that you love softball. So you're. I love everything. I love I love. So if a guy taunts people. you, Graham is going to come like Nolan Ryan. No. Robin Ventura. No, you're still throwing slow pitch. But what you do is you don't give them a, a shot that they can enjoy. Throw that bad boy overhand once. Yeah. Make it real interesting. <laughs> no, it, it, the league is key. you got to find the right vibe, and the people are key. And going out to places like, I'll be honest, Reno's North, we go out to a lot. And yeah. that's where we have a gift card to right now. And if, if, if you missed it last hour, uh, if if you go on uh, on our Twitter account at Couch in the Rube or, um, or respond on Facebook, Right now on, on our Facebook Live page, uh, before this weekend, really, because you got you got till the weekend games. Uh, we got four games up: 49ers, Lions, Buckeyes, TCU, Michigan, SMU, Boise State, Oklahoma State. Put the scores and prediction your predicted scores for those four games. If you're closest to being correct, uh, you win a, a Reno's North uh, Sports Bar and Grill a gift card and. Um, yeah, and, and and otherwise, uh, Jason and I will will be there next week. Enjoy. Or you it. can but take us as well after you win. We would enjoy that. We we actually have uh, s- several responses now, and and unlike the the poll for the uh, Lions coaches, I'm not going to tweet this out of my Twitter account. I want this to be truly our folks. Usually, I tweet from there or retweet it. I, I want to see who's following us, and you know, I want you to have that advantage. If you're if you're truly already all in on, on, on couch and the roof or things like this, so I'm, I don't want the the additional additional follower action. And and at the next break, I'll, I'll post this on our uh, Facebook page so we can uh, uh, those people at least can see it there. You don't just have to put it in, and you can also hashtag couch in the rube if you know the games and and and, and don't just reply to the tweet. Uh, we're gonna talk some Big Ten football stadiums. I did a thing. I did a thing. That's <laughs> uh, I did a thing this morning on LSJ.com. Where I ranked them, uh, all fourteen. It's gotten quite a response. I liked it, and you know what? When those those happen, when they come out, I always skim down to the bottom first to look to see who was last. Is that maybe that uh, is indicative of my character? But we'll talk about it after the break. Sounds good. Couch in the roof. Week two of the NFL season kicks off tonight as the Baltimore Ravens visit the Bengals in Cincinnati. The AFC North foes both 1-0 following week one wins. Meanwhile, in Green Bay, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is hoping he'll be able to start Sunday against the Vikings. 
who suffered what he's calling a sprained knee in Sunday's dramatic comeback win over Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I want to play, obviously, but uh, you know, just taking him one day at a time, see how it feels uh, tomorrow. And- Rodgers did not practice yesterday. In the NBA, Thunder All-Star guard Russell Westbrook is recovering from surgery on his right knee. His status for the regular season opener against the Warriors next month remains unclear. The Seattle Storm are this year's WNBA champions. They tap the Mystics 98-82 in Game 3 at Washington to sweep the finals. And for the first time since 1946, the Red Sox, a 100-win team in the regular season. They topped the Blue Jays 1-0 at Fenway last night. That's sports. Jake Orwin, NBC News Radio. This is a special report from NBC News Radio. Hurricane Florence, I'm Lisa Carter. Despite being downgraded to a Cat 2, Hurricane Florence is bringing life-threatening rain and storm surges as it barrels toward the Carolinas. This morning, FEMA Administrator Brock Long said the size of Florence has expanded and time is running out for people to evacuate. Long warning parts of the Carolinas could see days of rain, record flooding, and widespread power outages. Florence is expected to make landfall late tomorrow or Saturday, probably in North Carolina. Meanwhile, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper giving a final plea to residents to evacuate. Make no mistake, whether the eye of the storm makes landfall along our shores or further south, we're on the wrong side of this thing. This storm will bring destruction to North Carolina. Floodplain experts predict the storm surge could reach up to 13 feet and tens of thousands of structures are expected to be flooded. Lisa Carter, NBC News Radio. And we're back here on Couch in the Rube. Graham Couch and Jason Nick rolling along, hour number two. Thursdays always go really, really fast. Sure do. Um, any uh, any action on ga- tonight's game? Baltimore, Cincy, thoughts? It's now a pick em. Yeah. I, I think I'm staying away. I don't trust either team. Even after that, you know, yeah. Baltimore looked good against the, what, the Bills? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I just don't. Ah, I, it, I don't think I could ever gamble and put money on a team Marvin Lewis is coaching. So. I think I'll just watch it for fantasy football purposes. And- or a team that Joe Flacco is quarterbacking. I, I have a hey, similar... As long as it's against the Bills, I think it's you're fine. <laughs> you know, I think you're good. As long as they play the Bills. But yeah, I don't know. I'll definitely be watching, but... I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I think it's one of those games where Vegas is just like, I don't know. You guys, whatever you want to put money on. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And you'll get people, right? It's the only game. Yes. Yeah. It's the game. And it, it... Probably get more people. It's Monday night, but... You, you, um, I wrote something for, it's going to be in Sunday's LSJ, but it's on, online already at lsj.com, greenandwhite.com, uh, ranking the, the 14 Big Ten stadiums, and it's, it's gotten a little bit of a, a response. Um, and my number one stadium, I'll just start there, was Iowa's Kinnick Stadium. And a lot of people agree with me on this, and I'm glad, because when I read around, I looked around the league, and I looked at what fan bases sort of thought of their own stadiums. And you read, like, people at Penn State think they have the best stadium, and I have Penn State, like, eighth. But um, a lot of other writers, a lot of other people agree with Iowa. I mean, it is – you can't get closer than Iowa. I mean, you're right behind the, the visiting bench if you're on one side. You can put your feet on the ground. I'm, I, I sat in the end zone once with my feet on the field. Um. It's, they've got the, the wave at the end of the first quarter to Children's Hospital, the patients and families up there, which only adds to this being a bucket list. 
deal. It's got, you know, the brick and the arches, a real welcoming vibe. It is just a cool, classic college football environment. Um, and number two, Wisconsin's Camp, Camp Randall. And as I wrote, I, I've been to one game here. I was hungover with an oncoming cold, sweating after walking more than a mile in a sports coat, carrying a heavy work bag on a miserably sunny day, only to watch two struggling offenses play to a 10-10 tie at the end of regulation. And I still adore the place. It, I mean, it is a quintessential college football. Three is Michigan. I mean, the sheer size of it, one of the most awesome structures that have been around. There are things about it I don't love in terms of it's not the loudest place or whatever, but it is it is really cool to be part of that on a game day. Nebraska four. Nebraska, if you've never been there, Lincoln and Lincoln on a Saturday in the fall is incredible. Ohio State, even though they have the rudest fans, and I did a survey informally years ago where I was gonna do it over two seasons and I lost the recorder or whatever happened. I can't but the idea was to talk to at Spartan Stadium to visiting fans because visiting fans at Spartan Stadium usually travel to other games too and you get an idea of where they found the nicest fans, the best everything as they as they did their Big Ten travels. But it takes a while because everybody's got to kind of come through Spartan Stadium or as many as you can get. And there were two universal truths. Everybody had their own stories. They had a great experience here. They had a bad experience here, whatever. They were eclectic. But by far the best, everybody said the nicest people, best experience, Nebraska. Worst people, Ohio State fans. And that was just universal. And so I've always remembered that. And and Ohio State, I actually really like Ohio Stadium. It, it's got a classic exterior. Um, it's uh, massive, and there's still enough character inside. And I've had good experiences there, but uh, that puts it below. TCF Bank in Minnesota, if they ever start winning, one of the best venues. It's incredible. It's got an old-school feel, modern amenities, great city. Uh, it's, it's six. And I have Michigan State seven, and I've taken a little grief for this. Is this guy a friend of yours, the guy that uh, the, the writer from Cleveland.com no. quoted this? No, no. <laughs> is this guy serious? Yep, he is. Uh, <laughs> Doug Lesmarisi. <laughs> How do you say his name? Uh, Les Marisi's? Yeah. Les, yeah. I, I, Honestly, I've never been a huge fan of Michigan State. It feels partly urban, partly rural, and doesn't leave much of an option either way to me. What's the best thing about Spartan Stadium on game day? I have no idea. And he writes for Cleveland.com. He writes for Cleveland Plain Dealer. Yeah. Okay. Doug, have you looked outside, Doug? Not Doug Warren. Doug Letzmarie's from Cleveland.com. Uh, Jack's had him on a few times. He, he is a, he is actually a really good dude. And good. I'm sure he is. I'm just asking. But he's, he's right in this sense. Doesn't leave an impression. I mean, like, he, he's he's right in this sense, and I and I think East Lansing is a, is a beautiful campus, and you get mid fall with the foliage. And yeah, the cam- it's an unbelievable campus, it's an unbelievable but stadium, right? As a stadium, it is middle of the pack. It is really good. It's better than the the bottom tier, but it, what it it doesn't have where he's a little bit right is it doesn't have that thing that you go. Ah, yes, Spartan Stadium. It's it's this. It's, it has it's, football. I'm it has football. No, and and, and these sports of, writers drive me nuts sometimes. One of the things I wrote is I grew up in Lansing, so yeah. Spartan Stadium is as much college football to me as anywhere. And for home fans, you love your stadium and your traditions and your game days, and that bias is natural. Um, but it's a middle the pack venue with improving amenities, terrific sight lines, and massive video boards. Um, but this isn't a ranking of player locker rooms and recruiting facilities because MSU has really risen there. I mean, they're, they're, that would be different. 
Um, yeah, but where to take offense? I mean, if he wrote for the UCLA.com, I understand. You come to here after leaving UCLA, but if you're going to write for the Cleveland.com, Plain Dealer, or whatever, and you're going to say that it has no... Like, that's where I draw the line. I'm sorry. Like, no offense. I wasn't, I, I wasn't even going to put it in because I only put... It's good. I, I liked it. I had the top six. I had I had other writers who wrote... I had a quote from another writer after my ranking for the top six, and I was going to stop there. And then I had this one quote about Michigan State from him, and I thought it was, I thought it was gold. That was and, good. And And... I, I love Spartan Stadium. I mean, I think any of you know um, who read the column after my father passed away last year about my experiences there as a teenager with him. I mean, I have a, a fondness for Spartan Stadium that'll that's deep, and everybody has their own. The Penn State, I have eight Beaver Stadium, and if you read what Penn State fans think about their stadium, and they're right, it might be the uh, best energy and atmosphere at night that exists in the Big Ten. It's incredible. But if you read Penn State people, they think it's the best in, in the Big Ten. It, it's it's a massive and aging stadium. It's due for a huge, really cool makeover. Um, but and, and they're emotionally attached to it, and it's 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 cool. But is it is it better than other places? I I don't I don't think so. Um, that's just again. No, I don't have a problem with the ranking. Like I said, I just have a problem with a guy from Cleveland and, telling and, me that it has no personality. And you have your own favorites. Like a lot of people, of other Big Ten writers thought Northwestern's Ryan Field is the worst. Um, I, I've had, I, there's something about it. And I like that you can get your arms around it. Um, that you can watch a Big Ten game at a stadium that's too small and without enough frills for most Texas high schools. And the the thing about Northwestern that's a little frustrating is, is it is a little intimate. It's a little smaller. It's a, you feel a little off the radar. It's kind of a fun. It would not be a fun every weekend, but it's kind of in the middle of a Big Ten season. You go to Northwestern one week. It's just different, and and the opposing fans can get tickets there. It, it's 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 awesome. And apparently, but, you can grab a brat after the game right and you across can, the street. Yes, there's some good there's some good things about it. <laughs> But it's not. There are more better intimate stadiums. Like I, I mean, I covered Western Michigan for years, Kalamazoo, and I think most Michigan State fans who went there for that game in 2015, you have the stadium on a hill. Uh, you have sort of the uh, you have the train going by at night. You have the foliage overlooking it, it, Kalamazoo, and, and that that the way that's built into the the school there. It, it's just it's a really cool vibe, and and it like Northwestern if, if it's a chilly day. It doesn't feel intimate at all. That you, there's no protection coming off the lake. That is, I mean, my my wife is still trying to get um, warm from, uh, you know, a, a, an experience years years ago. Um, Indiana, which has had a major facelift that I haven't seen a second facelift. So Indiana maybe further up here. Memorial Stadium in Indiana, I I had them ten, but I'm going there next week, and they've had one more. I mean, they've been renovating and renovating and renovating, and now it's apparently even better. Illinois, I love the exterior. Love the history, the columns, the brick, the inside. Just doesn't do much for me, and they haven't been good, so it's partly empty. Maryland is actually okay. I kicked a 24-yard field goal the Nerf football at Maryland in 2007 when my sister was in grad school. So I've always liked the place. We snuck onto the field. But, you know, it's up against – a lot of people don't think it's great. Leave something to be desired. 13 Rutgers. Rutgers isn't a bad place. I mean, I love stadiums. I mean, I just do. Uh, Rutgers is not a bad place to watch a game. It's just up against a lot of classic historic places. And Purdue, I enjoy Purdue. And I think it's endearing. And I love that it's open. And I love that it's easy to navigate. And if I grew up in West Lafayette, it would be my favorite stadium. And so, I, I, I'm, you know, one of the things I, I point out at the beginning of this, and again, you can find this on LSJ.com, and there's also a 
uh, a guide to um, the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten stadiums, like a fan's guide, where to eat all this stuff from the other writers in the Big Ten who cover those teams. It's up there. And we took out for space and just because it was getting long, the worst trade at each, each stadium. I may have that come back in online because it's, it's, I think that was a cool thing on the, on the actual guide. And there's some stuff that, that isn't anywhere right now that was kind of fun. But I'm somebody who, I mean, I, you know, I, I lead this thing by saying, and I get a thrill walking into a half-empty, run-down minor league stadium and a high school football, you know, stadium tucked into cornfields. You know, I mean, there's something about walking up that ramp with the green and the, the the helmets with the lights reflecting off them. And um, I mean, I, I find charm in all that. So stadiums, to me, this was when I when I rank one through fourteen. It's not like I love one and I hate fourteen. I enjoy all these Big Ten experiences. Um, but you got to rank them, right? Because that's what people want. They want to surprise <laughs> you and put Rutgers last. Rutgers is not a bad football experience. Um, I've been there a couple Piscataway? times. But well, Piscataway itself isn't very good, and West Lafayette has its flaws too. Sure. And and I debated like how you wanted to do this. Did you want overall college football experience like the town too? Um, that gets tricky. And the reason I didn't do that is because when I go to Northwestern, I love Chicago. Sure. I've had incredible experiences. Well, that's not really fair to other places. You know, Minneapolis uh, is an amazing city. Um, Iowa City, I think Iowa is the best game day feel I have, and yet Iowa City is just okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, so like, I, I didn't want to do that. needs a lot. Yeah, I didn't want to do games that. help a lot. But, but you're talking about just game in-game experience, going to a game as a fan. Yes. That's what this list was about. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Like I said, I, I always skim down to the bottom to see who you pick for last. But you you like Purdue? I, well, that's the thing. I, I don't I don't hate going to games at Purdue. Actually, I've only been to one. It's weird. Uh, Wisconsin and Purdue are the two places in the six years I've been covering Michigan State that they've only played at once. Other division, you know, and um, whatever the schedules haven't aligned. I've been to all the others at, at least twice. Um, but it's. Uh, and, and, and some of them more than that, especially if they're in the, the East Division. Anyway, something you may like, you may enjoy, uh, you may think I'm a moron for what I picked. I'm always curious what you guys think. You can always email me or, or hit me on Twitter and, and um, share your experiences. Or email Doug Lassmarenius, or however you say his name, at cleveland.com. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like link to his email on the thing. <laughs> just no, to just save him there a little bit. It's fine. It just made me laugh. Uh, we got one more segment, Couch yep. in the Rube, on the Spotlight Radio Network. The U.S. Open has come and gone, but Forest Acres is open for us, providing plenty of golf fun this summer. Test your skill on the West Championship course, as many of the game's greats have for nearly 60 years. Or play 9 or 18 at the fast, fun East layout where good shots and good friends get together. If time is an issue or you just want to win more matches, improve your game at the Acres East Practice Facility, ranked among the top 50 in the country. Check out the custom club fitting and all the newest gear, including the latest Spartan apparel, at the beautiful West Pro Shop. That's Forest Acres, East or West. Enjoy the best. Hi, Tom Crawford here telling you if you eat better, you meet better, which is why you need to embrace any catering needs from the Tropical Smoothie Cafe. To leave your group refreshed, not sluggish. For your upcoming company meeting or event, please consider the great selection from toasted wraps, sandwiches, flatbreads, and gourmet salads, let alone the renowned Fresh Roof Smoothies. Two convenient locations, 1201 East Grand River across from the MSU campus, 1595 West Lake Lansing Road, just east of 127. It's a Tropical Smoothie Cafe, your healthy, guilt-free cafe and catering destination. It's time for Did You Know, brought to you by the Greater Lansing Sports Authority. 
Did you know that over the last 10 years, the Greater Lansing Sports Authority has grown sports events in the area by 272%? Bringing in sports events to the Capital Region is the passion of the GLSA. These events have brought millions in revenue to local businesses and a measurable quality of life for Greater Lansing residents. Find more information at lansingsports.org. And now you know. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. Week two of the NFL season kicks off tonight as the Baltimore Ravens visit the Bengals in Cincinnati. The AFC North foes both 1-0 following week one wins. Meanwhile, in Green Bay, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is hoping he'll be able to start Sunday against the Vikings. He suffered what he's calling a sprained knee in Sunday's dramatic comeback win over Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I want to play, obviously, but uh, you know, just take it one day at a time, see how it feels uh, tomorrow. And- Rodgers did not practice yesterday. In the NBA, Thunder All-Star guard Russell Westbrook is recovering from surgery on his right knee. His status for the regular season opener against the Warriors next month remains unclear. The Seattle Storm are this year's WNBA champions. They top the Mystics 98-82 in Game 3 at Washington to sweep the the finals and for the first time since 1946 the Red Sox a 100 win team in the regular season they topped the Blue Jays one nothing at Fenway last night that's sports Jake Orwin NBC News Radio this is a special report from NBC News Radio Hurricane Florence I'm Lisa Carter Despite being downgraded to a Cat 2, Hurricane Florence is bringing life-threatening rain and storm surges as it barrels toward the Carolinas. This morning, FEMA Administrator Brock Long said the size of Florence has expanded and time is running out for people to evacuate. Long warning parts of the Carolinas could see days of rain, record flooding, and widespread power outages. Florence is expected to make landfall late tomorrow or Saturday, probably in North Carolina. Meanwhile, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper giving a final plea to residents to evacuate. Make no mistake, whether the eye of the storm makes landfall along our shores or further south, we're on the wrong side of this thing. This storm will bring destruction to North Carolina. Floodplain experts predict the storm surge could reach up to 13 feet and tens of thousands of structures are expected to be flooded. Lisa Carter, NBC News Radio. Finishing up here on a Thursday on Couch in the Rube, Graham Couch along with Jason Nick. Um, tomorrow, Friday, we go into the weekend. Uh, John Neo from the Detroit News will come on, talk Lions and college football. He is an Iowa State alum, a big Cyclones fan. Curious what he thinks about the Oklahoma-Iowa State pick. Uh, he, he wrote a good column off the Lions game and um, mentioned his thoughts there. Jason, this... This weekend, yeah. if there's one game you're definitely watching and definitely playing. You know it. Oh, not playing. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. You just spoke about it at Lions 49ers. I have to figure this out. I will know at halftime. By halftime of the 49ers game. Outside of the Lions 49ers, there's one game that you are definitely watching and playing. What is it? Have you oh, made up your mind yet? No, I have not. I don't know. That Oklahoma State-Boise State game I'm really excited about. Whenever you see an over-under at 63... I mean, you know good things are going to happen. Especially, I mean, if, whether I, whether or not I play it, I'm definitely going to play the over, but I don't know. I like Oklahoma State in the game. You like Boise in that game. But I think that's going to be one of the best ones. Also, you know, LSU. I think the LSU game is going to be good. I, I love that this weekend, um, my wife's at a conference in Austin. 
My mother's visiting my sister in Indianapolis. Michigan State isn't playing. I've already written all the stuff that's running for Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be me battling my own vices. <laughs> living in my that own It could be filth. bad. It's always, sometimes it's bad. Yeah. It, it could be an interesting one. But I am looking forward to it. At some point, I'm going to have to get to Myers, uh, Meyer because I got to get some grocery shopping. Oh, you know? they deliver now. I know. I haven't been inside a grocery store in forever. Yeah, it's, I've done uh, the Kroger like side stop thing where you show up, you call the number. We do that now. We do the ship yep. thing where and 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 have it delivered a lot. I um, love it. But my wife usually handles that, and and I don't really know how to do it. And it's easier for me just to get in the car and go straight to the frozen food section. So it's kind of where we're at, you know. I'm just, um, I'm just sad that I know all the Kardashians' names, but not the guy who invented uh, the Kroger pickup service <laughs> or lady. Awesome show today. Yep. Up next is the Spartan Beat with Rico Beard. Thanks for listening to Couch in the Rube on the Spartan Radio, or sorry, Spotlight Radio Network. Yikes. It's time for Did You Know, brought to you by the Greater Lansing Sports Authority. Did you know that over the last 10 years, the Greater Lansing Sports Authority has grown sports events in the area by 272%? Bringing in sports events to the capital region is the passion.